0: This episode of the pod would not be possible without the support of Sam and the team at Infinite Joinery and Design. If you're like me and normally need to get these guys to come in after you stuff up your latest home renovation, here's an idea. Get them in first and save the hassle. Specialising in new home joinery fit-outs, renovations, kitchens, laundries, wardrobes, vanities and solid timber work and project management, Infinite have 3D design software and Sam alone has over 20 years experience in joinery and project management. Located at 6 Bay Drive, Koiber, come in and have a browse of their colour selection studio, or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can contact Sam on 0429 291 008, or email sam at infinitejoineryanddesign.com. So don't be like me, get the experts in first and save yourself some money and a fear stressing down from the better half. Kindness and gratitude are behaviours that all people should display in their daily lives. And this week's guests are a living testament that regardless of your circumstances and challenges, you can always be kind. On this episode of the pod, Nick and Dana Solis. Nick and Dana join the pod to chat about their journey and the things they've learned through life in the face of some truly emotional and heartbreaking circumstances. Our chat focuses mainly on the life of their beautiful boy Zach whose attitude and fighting spirit during his time with them taught them so much about life and continues to inspire them today. We speak about Zach's journey and the challenges he faced, how they and the family coped during this time and how Zach's life has changed theirs and many other people's lives who he came into contact with. We also touch on the story of Nick's father Nicola who went missing in 2008 and the family's emotions at this time and the time since as they continue to search for him. This is a highly emotional chat focusing on how a little man's short time on Earth can have such a profound impact and legacy. And as I said, the thing that radiates through this chat, and anyone who knows these guys will agree, they don't have an angry or resentful bone in their body, and they're just so thankful for the little things in life and the people that they've met along the way.
1: G'day everybody, welcome back to the Talk Art Podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Bradley, I'm Sonny. We hope you enjoy today's episode.
0: I get a phone call basically saying, that's not it. This sit-down lawnmower is like about three metres long. By the time I was finished with it,
2: it was about half a metre. A fully grown man sleeping with the light on. Shit scared.
1: He's come out of my car with an angle grinder before. Just yeah, it's just such an important thing for so really, many people.
2: And I thought, holy shit, I'm going to get delisted to next <laughs> tomorrow. Like, that's so kind of put a line through me. So
0: that's why checking in on your mate or your son or your daughter or your player or your coach or whoever it is, you become the side. I just let him know that you know it's
2: tough, but we're tougher. And he just wrapped those big arms he has got around me. And just said, mate, like we'll work through this together. Like, oh, I absolutely love you.
1: The talk on Podcast with Brendan Higgs.
0: Nick and Dana Salise, welcome to the Talk Hard Podcast. Thanks,
1: Thanks for having us, Brendan.
0: It's lovely to be here. No worries, my pleasure. Um, like we were saying there before, um, it's I'd written down your name as one of the first people that I ever wanted to get on the podcast when I when I started it, and it's just a big thrill to be able to get you guys on because I I knew of your story, obviously I you know, knew of the hard times that you guys had been through. And one thing that struck me with you guys was was your attitude and your outlook, and I know, you know, just through Um, I suppose, reconnecting with you up at Mindetta, because my kids went up there as well. You know, you guys were always happy and always gave a bit of a wave and a smile. And, you know, a lot of people knew about, you know, the the tough things that were going on in the background. And I just thought that it was, you know, such a fantastic attitude. As I said, just knowing your story, it was one of, you know, I suppose, a personal goal to at some point be able to get you guys on for a chat. So hopefully I don't muck this up. (laughs) It's
1: lovely to be here. and We appreciate that you thought of us. No
0: worries at all. So, like I said to you, so we've got, um, we've got your story that we are going to work our way through. It always sounds better if you guys tell it rather than me, mm-hmm. so we'll go back to the start. 1986.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we both went to the local youth group, yep. um, and probably, if we hadn't done that, we may not have ever met each other, really, but <laughs> went to the local youth group, and um, the rest, as they say, is history. Yep. We met each other, and that was that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what was the main attraction?
2: has handsome looks. So.
0: That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now I remember seeing this handsome Italian-looking guy and yep. thinking, well, he's rather cute. And Nick probably doesn't remember because yeah. he's got a really poor memory. <laughs> he doesn't remember 1986. Yeah, <laughs> That's a
3: long time ago.
2: Yeah.
0: You guys sort of moved around a little bit in your earlier days? It was a little bit of movement for work and things?
1: Yeah, yeah, so... Nick moved off to Western Australia in 1989.
2: I did. I had a. I finished my apprenticeship, and a friend of mine decided that he wanted to go to Perth and try out for Perth Glory back in the day. Oh yeah. Yep. And I think I had a hundred dollars in my bank account, and I thought, well, why wouldn't I go? Yep. So um, I was fortunate enough to pick the time when the planes all went on strike. So I got to Melbourne, and then had to do a three-day trek on the Greyhound over to Perth. Oh wow. And, Fair uh, story to tell later <laughs> on. And uh, never do that again. Yep. And, um, yeah, no, we had a one-bedroom, un- air-conditioned apartment. I slept on a stretcher bed in a lounge room for 18 months, I think it was. Yep. In Perth. Yeah, his later. best friend was over there. Yeah, so. that's right. Yep. And
1: uh, yeah. and you worked uh, on the Maya patisserie floor, didn't I you? I
2: did. Um, yeah, just was looking for a, a job as a waiter or anything, and they looked at my... Roger and said oh you're a baker pastry chef would you be interested Yep. i said yep why not so there you go yeah and that's
0: it so so you guys sort of did the long distance thing did you while yeah, that was happening
1: yeah. 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 yeah yeah
0: what was the secret to keeping that ticking over
2: Phone call every Saturday night. Yeah. I think yep. it was with back in the day before mobile. Yeah, <laughs> yep. full of change. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, yeah. Yep. Just Lots uh, of letters back and forth yeah, <laughs> It's like sort a of surprise of, parcels in the mail. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's a yeah. It's a good way to sort of maintain it, isn't? it, Sending each other presents and things like that. <laughs> And um and, and what about you, Dana? So you you moved to Hobart as well, didn't you, to study psychology? Yeah, Is
1: that right? so my best friend and I, we moved off to um to Union Hobart in ninety one. Yep. Um, so she was studying economics and law and I was doing psychology and law. Um, yeah, so we we lived down there for three years together and then she headed off to Sydney and I stayed on to complete further study to look at being becoming a psychologist and then you
0: got a job back up here with child protection is that
1: right yeah that's right so the first um position i had was actually where i'd done work experience back in school days yep um and the manager there had uh, recognized my name on the application and offered me a job in in child protection so i had a weekend i think to pack up and and move up on a what was supposed to be a three-month contract yep (laughs) Um, obviously, we're still here, so... Yeah, yeah, you
0: obviously <laughs> passed your probation. That's <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, then Nick moved... So he was still in Hobart at that point and then moved back up for us to be married.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you got married in 96, is yeah, that right? Yep. right? Yeah, Yeah. Nick started working at Anvers at one stage too there, didn't you?
2: Did you? I did. Um, now...
1: Trying to
2: think of the year. Yeah, no, I can't. We came back from Italy, and I was—I was having a break, and um, we went to a mutual friend's wedding. Yeah. And Igor was there, and I was there, and yep, yeah, we had a bit of a chat, a, a very informal, um, I guess, chat. And he just asked what what was I doing, and I said, no, nah, nothing much. And he said, well, you better come and see me on Monday. So oh, right, that was pretty. That was the, probably the best job interview I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> turned all, it on, and it kind of all went from there. Yeah, so yeah. So walked in, and yeah, uh, that was good. Yeah, that,
1: that was, was back when Eagle was in Railton.
2: It was. He was still working out of his shed with a yep. couple of people making a few chockies. Yep. Just wanted to start growing the business, so yeah. So yeah. I came on as sales and
3: marketing, and.
0: The way we went Yeah and hasn't he grown it Like really? it's a brilliant setup out there now yeah. Best hot chocolates on the north west coast oh, well, In Australia I'll say <laughs> I won't yeah. even say the north west coast I've never had a better one So yeah. they have not changed the recipe <laughs> No I don't think so I think yeah. you're pretty safe Yeah So obviously a big part of your story um, Revolves around your family So um, talk to us about um, when the kids came along And you know how that changed your lives
1: Yeah well 2008 uh, what you're thinking of, the- worrying about the dates. <laughs> 2003 <laughs> is when our first boy was born. Yep. And that's so Ben, is that yep. 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 So that was wonderful. That was um, a totally life changing experience to become parents. Um, and as I said, for, for Nick's dad, um, that was his first grandchild. For my parents, their second grandchild. So yep. Uh, yeah, we were both from really close families, so it was a, a huge time for us. Yeah, um, Ben was a delightful little baby who um, ticked all the boxes. He was very advanced, trying to stand up on his feet at six weeks, and yep. um, you know, yeah, running around smart. by he's, eleven months. He's
2: too smart for me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's when it's a worry, isn't it? When the kids overtake you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty Mine pretty have too. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah little
1: bright button who's you know talking really early and yeah just um, very busy little boy um, yep. my best friend had a daughter um, at the same age they're only a few weeks apart and when she'd come to visit her daughter would be Laying serenely, and Ben would be literally flapping and trying to get up and move about. Um, so we knew we were in for um, a busy time. Yeah, with ben.
0: yeah, yeah. You hear about these parents telling different stories. You know, my child sleeps all night, and mine just oh, lays yes. there and doesn't move. And you look at yours and think, "Hang on, what's going on there?"
1: Ben didn't sleep till he was four. Oh so, wow! Yeah,
0: colic or no?
1: To, just bright and yeah. ready for action. Yep, it's <laughs> too much to do.
2: Getting getting, getting him to sleep was. Eat fine. Yep. But he'd only Staying sleep asleep. he'd only stay asleep for an hour and a half and then be up for the next three hours. He'd be ready wow. to go. Ready and for then the next he'd go to sleep yep. for another hour. God. And then he'd be up again. Yep. So we used to take shifts. Yep. So it I'd, I'd, yeah. So I was busy I'd <laughs> stay up till about two in the morning. Yep. And then go to bed because I had to be at work at Amber's back yeah. then at nine. Yep, and yeah, and then Dan would get up at two, and she'd do the morning. So
0: you were running shifts. We were, we were, were pretty yeah, surprised. <laughs> I reckon.
1: I've <laughs> been happy we yeah.
0: A little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How does he sleep
2: <laughs> now? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. 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 Now
2: he's fine. Yeah. 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 Well, Twenty-three hours
1: a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Typical teenager. Yeah. yeah. That's it. No, he's he's nearly nineteen, and yeah, we don't have to worry so much about. Yeah. Him. <laughs> so
0: um yeah so Ben came along and then Zach came along after that is it yeah, right?
1: Yeah. So there's only two years difference. Yep. Um between our boys. So like I said, we were very busy with Ben, uh, and then yeah, fell pregnant with Zaki, and yep. um. Everything seemed to be really fine uh, with the pregnancy with him as well. We had no reason to suspect it wouldn't be, having had um, a a very healthy first child. Um, But when I was 30 weeks, I just had a routine scan, Um, so when the baby was 30 weeks um, into the pregnancy, and I could tell by the sonographer's face that something was wrong. Um, and met with the specialist who said we'd have to go to Hobart for some specialist scanning. Um, and then they picked up down there that, um, something was amiss with the baby's growth. So the measurements seemed wrong, didn't mm-hmm. seem to be, seemed to be a lot of fluid around the baby. But they couldn't tell us what was up, okay. um, so they was, sort of had a few guesses at what it might be, which wasn't really helpful when we were already quite stressed um, at the time. So them having guesses sort of made it a lot more stressful, didn't it? We were trying to madly research the things they were yeah. saying.
0: Oh, Dr. Google sometimes oh, can be even worse, can't yeah, it? Yeah, it was awful,
1: really awful. Um, and meanwhile, we had little Ben who was about to turn two yep. and trying to out. you know keep happy and busy. I remember the day we found out something was wrong um, was the day before Ben's second birthday. So I distinctly remember that birthday for Ben putting on this happy event with all our friends and family, but feeling really yeah, stressed and worried about our new little one that yep. was coming along. So you just not... had to put a
0: mask on for Ben. Yeah, yep.
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and we did that yep. a lot of his life, really, to try and protect him from things. But um, yeah, so Zach was born in January um, of 2000, 2006. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had to go to Hobart. Um, for his birth, because of the unknown, uh, they weren't sure exactly what to expect. So it's better to be in a big hospital. Yeah. So we'd gone down. That was our first time. We got used to staying at Ronald McDonald House down in Hobart. Yeah. Amazing place. I don't know what we would have done without it. Yep. Um So we were there, and we'd asked my mum and dad to come down and and help. Um, they literally arrived. They brought their camper down to come and the camper van down to come and stay in Hobart. They literally arrived. We only had time to give them a quick tour of Ronald McDonald and I went into labour. Yeah, right <laughs> so yeah. we sort of handed them back and said, see you, we <laughs> Straight to work. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. yeah,
0: Did you have a long labour? Yeah, yep. it was
1: a long and really complex labour. So um, unfortunately in the end, I um, had to have an emergency caesarean. Yeah. Um, because it turned out the cord was wrapped twice around Zach um, cutting off his um, air supply. Yeah. Yep. And so he was born um, after um, the cesarean and they sort of wrapped him up and handed me, handed him to me. And as I was looking at him, he just went this horrible color of gray is the only way I could describe it. Yeah. Um, and I knew he was gone. So I said to the nurses, look, there's something really wrong with the baby. And they went, oh, good pick up. And they they grabbed our little baby and took him over. And thank goodness there was a pediatrician in the room because they were wondering if there would be complications. And he had to resuscitate Zach. So he uh, just
0: stopped breathing, did he? Yeah, 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 he was
1: grave born. So the poor trainee pediatrician had to quickly bring him back. Yeah, um, and then he was whisked off, whisked off to the ICU. So that was sort of our introduction to Zach. Yeah, my
2: first <laughs> introduction was all I could see was his sexy. legs and his arms going up in there. yeah, giving right. the yeah. compressions. Yep. Yeah, I yep. hadn't seen any. I hadn't really seen Zach before then. And mm. I looked over to see what was going on. Yeah, yeah so was. And yeah. he was whisked away, and then and he didn't that's see well, him he didn't for, see for 24 hours.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah,
0: yeah. Did they keep in regular contact with you and letting? Because I imagine you would have been absolutely frantic wasn't it was it?
1: horrible it was a horrible feeling to know I'd had yeah. his little baby we knew something was going to be wrong and we didn't know how he was doing but they gave me a little picture to sit up because it had this area and I wasn't going anywhere so they gave me a little picture to sit up next to me um but that's all we had to go by really yeah uh till we got wheeled in to see him and yeah I remember he was he looked quite healthy, didn't he? By the time we saw him in ICU, because he was next to all the poor little, very premature babies. Mm, So we had Zach, who was eight and a half pounds when he was born, which we later found was all fluid, but um, he looked quite sturdy, (laughs) shall we say, next to all the other little babies. Um, And so then once he went into the special care unit, they had him on nasogastric tubing and all sort of tubed up. And I said, oh, please, could I just have a go at feeding him? Because, you know, we'd had Ben and he'd fed easily. Um, and Zach just fed beautifully. And I said, well, yep. right, take the nasogastric nas- nas- tubing out. Let's go. Yep. And from then, he started to really pick up, didn't he? Mm. He lost all his fluid. And, yeah, we, were, we had this sort of sense of relief that he'll be okay. Yeah, um, yep. um Once he'd lost all the fluid, he just looked like a regular little baby and everything... Seem to be fine. Yep. So after I think about 10 days, we got to take him home. Yep. And yeah, like I said, it was a sense of relief that, okay. You know, we've met him. <laughs> yep. We know this little guy, and we can deal with whatever's thrown our way. Yeah. So,
0: did um Did yeah. they give you any feedback as to why he lost consciousness when he was when he was born? Or?
1: Um, it was because of the the cord having been wrapped around him twice, but also he was full of fluid. Ah, okay. And That's so fluid. the fluid had sort of congested him, and he just couldn't breathe. Yeah. So once he was suctioned out, um, and then once he lost that fluid in that first day, he lost a pound of fluid. Yep. So yeah, poor little guy. Yeah. Um, so once that was sorted and he started being able to breathe by himself and, and feed, um, yep. things started to settle for him. Yeah. Mm.
0: So at, at that stage, did you, or had the doctor sort of made you aware that he probably was going to have continual ongoing complications or did you think no. that everything would be okay? Or? Well, they didn't
1: know. Okay. They didn't know what was up. They just, they were going by the scans and in hindsight, it was a, extra pound of fluid um in, in, on this poor little baby in utero that made all the measurements look weird yeah um but other than that they couldn't really tell us what was up so they had him on tumor surveillance for the first year yeah because they'd thought that maybe it was a particular syndrome that it wasn't <laughs> yep. um but just to be sure they were sort of surveilling him quite closely for that first year yeah um, so that was just
0: regular checkups and... Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And, and um, full scan. Yeah. Um, but, um, like I said, the doctors didn't really know. So we sort of started the rounds of seeing all the specialists, but it was unknown territory for all of them, really.
0: Yeah. So at yeah. that stage, you guys were hopeful that he was just, he was going to be fine. Yeah. Yep.
1: We were, really, because, yeah. He, yeah, he seemed like he was ticking away pretty well. Yeah. Um, our first, I mean, apart from his emergency birth, which was, you know, probably um, in hindsight, maybe an introduction to what life was going to be like yeah. with Zachy. Um, um, at three weeks, they detected um, hernia. I was changing his nappy and saw a lump and asked his paediatrician about it. And she said, oh, okay, back down to Hobart. He needs urgent surgery. Right. Yeah. So um, they'd said... And you remember the guy who did this the surgery said, when, when we saw the list, there was an 80-year-old man and then there was Zachy who was three weeks old. So right. the specialist operated on all ages. Yep. But he was yeah amazing at what he did. But he'd said to us, there is a chance that this could come back on the other side okay. in the next year. Because yep. if there's one-on-one, chances are it could come up on the other side. Anyway, three weeks later, we were back down in Hobart for yet yeah. another surgery yeah. for Zach so the sure
0: prediction came true
1: it did, yeah. it did, poor mm-hmm. little guy yeah. so, but after that he'd sort of been a grisly little guy when we yeah. got him home and after yeah, that happy, he? he was happy and, and that was Zach from then on he was just a cheerful, happy little guy yep yeah. mm.
0: And um, so later on that year, you said that um, a couple of heart conditions popped up. Is that right?
1: Yep. Yeah. So the pediatrician, our excellent local pediatrician um, here at the Mersey had picked up the inguinal hernias, but also said, look, there's a heart murmur um, and we need to get that checked. Uh, and so the specialist found that he had a condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Yep you um, will to remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he knows all the technical things.
0: Yeah. Oh, we, we
1: got our honorary medical degree. Oh, rec- It was a thickened heart muscle oh, that he okay. Had. Um, and so he had to go on um, specialist medication to um, try and slow down the beating of his heart to reduce the thickness of, of his muscle. Yep. Um, so he was, what, about nine months old when we went to Melbourne um, and he started heart medication. And that was a big thing, I remember. We were very concerned about him starting medication, but said to the specialist, you know, what would he recommend? And he said, if it were my child, I would highly recommend this medication. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That turned out to be the easiest part.
1: It did. Yeah. Yeah. In hindsight, that was Okay. Yep. The medication worked and slowly over the years his heart improved. Yep. The last report we got on Zaggy's heart, it was as strong as an ox, they said. Yep. So, um, yeah, yep. it, it was okay. The early intervention definitely helped. Yep, yeah.
0: yep. Um, Noonan's syndrome, which I know sort of came up again later on in his life, but it was around that time you said he was first suspected mm, of having this as well. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain that to us as well? Yeah,
1: yep. definitely. So I think it's important for people to know about Noonan's syndrome because it's actually the most common genetic syndrome. Yep. It's about one in a thousand people has it. Yep. And some people are blissfully unaware and don't even realise they've got it. Yep. Um, so the markers for Noonan syndrome are usually, um, short stature. Um, the heart condition that Zaki had and usually eye conditions as well so most kids with Noonan's will need glasses that they're about the main things it's it's not um the geneticists describe it as the common cold of yep. genetics because it's so common and it's not such a big deal for most people who have it but interesting no one's ever heard of it yeah even though it's the most common condition yeah, yeah. it was named after the lady in the 60s jacqueline noonan who was a heart specialist and she kept seeing these kids with exactly the same heart um defects yeah and um realized that it was part of a, a syndrome yeah um, and so yeah that's that's when at 12 months they started to suspect that that's probably what Zach had yeah um, but it so what,
0: sorry what were the signs and the symptoms of it that made them suspect that?
1: Um, well his growth yep. so he was always <laughs> he only would just make it on to the, the chart for growth that you know most kids have they actually have a special Noonan's syndrome chart now right so I think that helps parents They make cut a bit so of slack much. yeah, that's <laughs> right. yeah. Um, but he would never quite make it onto the chart. Um, i think the heart condition was the big giveaway um but also yeah he needed glasses he from quite that, yeah, early on his vision turnaround. was yeah he had one uh, like a slightly turned eye and he had vision problems yep. um, from early on so yeah those things were the main markers for zaki
0: but you said that he he wasn't actually diagnosed at the time is that right or?
1: yeah because there were um so there's about at the time, there were seven known um, genetic changes that caused Noonans, and Zach was clear for all of them. So he, he was tested for Noonans really early on, but kept coming up clear. No, nope, none of the known markers. So they said, basically, until they had the advanced technology to be able to test for more um, genetic changes, um, we'd have to just sit with the suspected diagnosis okay. and not confirm diagnosis.
0: Yep. So you didn't have a diagnosis, but you still just deal with the symptoms as they come yeah, up. They
1: yeah. They call it a, um, is it a clinical diagnosis? Or well, Just basically they a suspected diagnosis. Yeah. Um, so we knew, I, I knew from very early on when we did that research, um, uh, when we were, didn't know what to expect with Zach, that that could be something we were looking at. And yeah. um, so I felt they were very much on the right page. Yeah. We had an excellent... Um, genetic specialist in Melbourne who followed Zach's case right through. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so we were happy to just sit with suspected Noonans and know that that's probably what it was. Yep. Although the specialist did say it's like Noonans plus. Yeah. I guess something. that stayed with us, didn't it? Mm. It's like Noonans plus, and they could never work out the plus. At oh right. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. And how old was Zach at this time?
1: Uh, he was about one. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how was he? Like, how was, like, is he still sort of happy or was he sort of, was he in any pain or sickness or? Oh,
1: that first year after his hernias were fixed, he was super happy. He was a very, um, delightful little baby and yeah, showed a very strong interest in farms and cows very early on. So, um, he loved hanging out with his brother and, Uh, love books oh my goodness he was the reader's dream yeah um so no he was he was doing well um ticking all the boxes and and happy yeah and i guess that's why we noticed when things changed because he'd been such a happy baby yeah
0: so did he go through a period where that that changed like he was in a little bit of pain and sickness Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah at about 20 months old he um just suddenly developed Vomiting, I mean, he'd always been a bit of a vomity baby anyway because of his noonans, but um, he started just vomiting and just being really lethargic and banging at his head, wasn't he? And we went, Something's dreadfully wrong,
0: yeah, like he had a headache, or yes,
1: exactly, like a really bad migraine, yeah. So we'd taken him to the hospital locally. And they sort of tried to say, "Oh, there's lots of bugs going around," and we were like, "This is not. This is something serious." Um,
2: Well he was—he was sweating so much, he would just wet the pillow. The pillow would be wet. So. And if you held him, he—you'd be wet. Mm. His hair, and he was grinding his teeth and Mm. banging his head. And I, uh, and I, I see the—I distinctly remember asking this doctor once. We got to we'd got pretty much to the end, hadn't we? And he was in a lot of pain and I said, Did children do kids get migraines? Because he's banging his head and grinding his teeth on. and he goes, Oh no, he's just got a, he's just got a virus. He just brushed us off. Yeah. We'd
1: been in hospital five days at this yeah. point. It was and just
2: And then horrendous. I think the next day we got flying down to Homer. Well, our normal paediatrician came Homer. back
1: and she could see that he was in dire straits. She knew him. She'd seen him yeah. from day one, yeah. And the fact
2: and just, that, like I said, it's a very... How they say, always ask the parents... Yeah. you know what your child is like. Mm. and yeah. he's he, so out of he, character. Dude grinds yeah. their teeth and bangs their head, and you can see his cheeks are red, and he's sweating like nothing yeah. else. Oh, he's got a virus. Well, yeah, no. Nah. That's something that always in the back... Uh, mm. What do you do? Yeah. Like, mm. you can jump up and down, and at the end of the day, if they don't sign something, or they don't make a phone call, you got nothing. That no, particular no.
1: doctor wouldn't even give him pain relief. Oh, no. I remember the nurse quite happily ringing him at midnight to say, no, he needs pain relief <laughs> and waking up the doctor. Cause I think they, the nurses totally agreed with us that he mm. needed relief, mm. but oh, thank goodness for our pediatrician. It was father's yeah. day. Remember yeah. and she yeah. came back on, on deck that Sunday and knew the urgency straight away and yeah. organized immediately for him to be rushed to Launceston for an MRI because yeah. she suspected hydrocephalus water yeah. on the brain. Yeah. And indeed that's what it was. Unfortunately, we had two more days sitting in Launceston, because they wouldn't do the MRI because of his heart condition.
2: Okay. So double barrel there. Yeah.
1: And then finally, we were sent to Hobart, but they didn't feel it was urgent, so we were sent in the back of a patient transport van with no medical care. So here I am with my critically ill boy, um, and the poor driver, bumping on down to Hobart. And by the time we got there, he was in a very, very bad state. because oh, also, goodness.
2: too, he, back then, too, he needed to have his medication for his heart thing every day. Mm, at the yeah. same time, but every he, day. But he couldn't keep anything down.
3: Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah.
1: And the vomiting was horrendous. Yep. Um, yeah. And so when we got to Hobart, it was the anesthetist who came in, wasn't it, who came to look at, assess sac for the MRI and just went, oh, there's a pediatric team in your child. And we went, we've been in hospitals for seven days now. And he went, right. And all of a sudden it was action station. And um, they had Zach in for um, the MRI by midnight and came to find us immediately to say he needed urgent surgery because he had hydrocephalus into every ventricle in his brain. Poor little fellow. Yeah. He was just full of fluid. Yeah. Um, and I remember the the surgeon who came to speak to me, I could have hugged him because he said, um, we know what it is and we can fix it. Yeah. Thank goodness. What a relief. Yeah. And I, I noticed that he had Zach's name written on the scrubs on his knee. And I said, oh, I see you've got my son's name written here. He goes, yes, well, he said, I'm likely to lose bits of paper, but less likely to lose my pants. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. So, yeah, he yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And so... He also said, look, we would put Zach straight in for surgery right now, but we've got a lady on the table with her brain (laughs) exposed, so we need to fix that first and then we'll operate on your son. Yeah. And um, that was his first shunt that they um, insert into the brain to um, relieve pressure from the fluid. Yeah. And yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. The
2: the next day or the day after, he stood up. Yeah, for the
1: first time he he stood up because he he hadn't been walking at 20 months and it was very strange. Yeah.
0: So he'd never walked up until no, that point. Okay, no.
2: and, and he walked. He, he was he was jumping up and down yeah, his in his cot,
1: bouncing up and down on his feet. Yeah, and like
2: the way of the world had been taken off. Yeah, yeah. The, yep. the
1: change was just amazing. Yep. He was happy anyway. He <laughs> had this big surgery. <laughs> yep. Goodness, and his head was all bandaged, but he was yeah. Up yep. And, yeah. Yep. I'm good to go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and
2: then they told us later they didn't think he'd make it through
1: the no. night.
0: Wow.
2: thank they
1: didn't tell us that. No, they didn't tell us that at yep. the
0: time. So it was a more, more of a risky surgery than... Well, back in high school,
2: basically, he was on his last legs, wasn't
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, know, he? Yeah, yeah, he was. The of it. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, it was so severe by the time they got to him. Um, I know that he was the subject of a medical review because of how things were managed.
3: Um, yeah.
1: We We don't dwell on that, though. We were just so grateful to have him. Yeah. And to have him back and get him back to Mm. his little sparky self. Mm. Um, And grateful for the doctors for, you know.
3: They did listen.
1: Who did listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who took it seriously and who saw the urgency and who had the expertise to fix him. I mean, those surgeons, neurosurgeons are amazing, Mm. people. Yeah. Doing that every day, in and out. Yeah.
0: How scary is it in this day and age how much we rely on modern technology? It's not till your phone dies or the Wi-Fi or power goes off that you realise you'd be lost without it. Well recently my phone decided in its old age to die and stop charging, and on a weekend no less. So what do you do? Rather than waiting to speak to the network providers or retail outlets, which can be painful within itself, give Brad or Katie a call at Greenies Apple Repairs. That's what I did, and they had my old phone as good as new in hours. Greenies take care of iPhones, iPods, iPads and pretty much everything else and they won't cost you an arm and a leg. So next time you're stuck back in the Dark Ages with no technology, contact Greenies Apple Repairs on 0401 229 220, or you can contact them at www.greeniesrepairs.com.au or find them on Facebook. Now, just to get onto this busted screen, can I um can I just ask you a couple of medical questions? Like sure. I'm I'm ignorant to this, so obviously I'll just just ask you. So. If they didn't perform the surgery, the, the fluid on the brain—would the brain have eventually just shut down? Would it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, it, it kills
2: because with children. the ventricles, we all have fluid around our brains, but it drains into our bodies. Yep. Mm. Whereas this, when the ventricles close, it's just pressure. Yep. So, hence why he was grinding his teeth. Mm, and banging just like his. the brain's in was squeeze. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. Just imagine a balloon just getting bigger mm. and bigger and bigger. Yep. so something's got to give yep. at some stage. Yep. Yeah,
1: so the pain is apparently incredible. So and how because, on earth he? Because he was so
2: little to... and he wasn't talking. Yeah, he couldn't he could tell, tell you. Tell yeah,
0: was he crying or screaming?
2: Yeah, grinding yeah. his teeth and just, banging at his head yeah. And, yeah. Just and just grizzly, like, like yeah. any kid that's that yeah. Yeah. yeah, just always.
1: And I think that showed us. What high pain tolerance that yep. had? If mm. he could deal with that in the stoic way he managed that, then mm. wow.
0: And how does the the shunt work?
1: Uh, so it's a, like a tube that's inserted directly into the middle of the brain. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a little valve under the skin on the outside of the brain, and then there's a plastic tube that goes down behind the ear, yep. and it, it drains, drains into, into the perineal ca- cavity in the stomach. Right, so okay. it just um, gets absorbed by the body's natural processes. Yep. So it's pretty incredible, really, how they. Yep. So if do you it.
2: ever see anyone that's got a little bit of a bump yeah, or, a, yeah. or a little bit of thing behind their ear. Yeah. Yep. So they got, and they've got to be well. Back in the day, I don't know about now, but you have to be careful when you're walking through the um yeah. the, the metal detectors at the airports because a lot of them are up. magnetic. Oh ah, right. And eh? it can change everything. Yep. Well. yep. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Yeah.
1: So that was our first experience of learning all about shunts yep. and hydrocephalus. Oh well, we another experience with hospitals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zach unfortunately needed quite a few shunts over his life. Yep.
0: Because they kept blocking or something, is yeah. that right? Yep. Yeah. The
1: first one they put in saved his life, but because he was a little dot, even though he was nearly two, they put in a a, 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 baby, a baby version, a baby. and it was too little, so it blocked really easily. Yep. Um, so they learnt their lesson, and six months later, they were able to fix it with um, an emergency revision. Yep. We got used to being flown under emergency situations. Back
2: yeah. down to Hobart. Yeah, We had once when he had two in two
1: days, didn't he? He did, yeah. He'd they put, put, put one a in they one blocked. It blocked the yeah. next Everyone. day.
0: Yep. So when it blocked, he'd just be banging at the head again. You'd yeah, new. and we he could, could tell from his he, eyes. Yeah. His
1: eyes. He the, wasn't right. Yeah. He just wasn't right. Yeah, that's right. And he again, that tell. was
2: one of those things where they go, oh, no, it's
1: a, give
2: it a day. And we are going, oh, no, no, it's no, not right. Yeah. And
1: sure enough, they listened to us and did a scan and went, oh, you're right, it's blocked. Yeah. So
2: we Two head surgeries in two days. Yeah. yeah
0: imagine it, doing that. God, I'd imagine, imagine me at this age doing it. <laughs> well, like, yeah, like, you it's, know, it's let you alone... Anesthetic
2: after anesthesia. That was probably the... Because oh, it's like anything... They say, oh, it'll take X amount of hours. And every time it creeps... You know, you go, right, you're watching your clock, aren't you? You know, you give them that time. But after that, you go, right, where
1: are they? Yeah, and yeah. yeah. you, you start in. to panic if yeah. it's been too long. Yeah. And I'd
0: imagine you guys would be more on edge after that first surgery, how they said that that would have been touch and go for him. Was it Was it the same sort of risk every time he had a shunt yeah. put in? Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and his heart risk too. Mm-hmm. So um, anaesthetics are a huge risk for people with heart conditions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned, Lucky ended up having 50, over 50 procedures under anaesthetic. So we had to get used to it, but it was never any easier. Yeah. Did you
0: have, I was going to ask you, did you have any strategies to cope with it? Or is there any particular way that you, you or you just, just wrote it out, the stress, did you, for it? Did it get any easier?
2: no. Just thankful think, yeah. every time they came through and said, yep, he's up and about and he's on yeah. the way to go. Yeah,
1: yeah lots of prayer. Yeah. I know for me that I absolutely spent most of the time praying that he'd be okay. Um, having each other there, yeah. that always helped yeah. <laughs> to have each other there to lean on. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's strange while your child's under anesthetic. You can't really settle to anything. You just, I know for me it's yeah. just you're on ten to waiting oh, yeah, that's right.
0: yeah. yeah yeah yeah. you can't sort of put it out of your mind it's no. always there isn't it that's right yeah. Yeah. You're just kind of <laughs> and it's that you um, just waiting waiting
1: waiting,
2: waiting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: and that time of trying to get your child to be calm about what's coming so you put on a brave face and try and be happy for them and then as soon as they're under yeah. it's like oh. oh yeah
2: but you also got to remember too so we, we'd have been Ann and then later on we had Gab so mm-hmm. y- you've well, like Dan was saying, you know, if Zach had a fall or something wasn't right, we could quite easily End be off to Hobart and be gone for two, three weeks. Yep. So so, uh, so Ben would be going to school and say goodbye.
1: And, and he'd then, come home and, and that's be it. Gone. Yep. Be gone.
0: so just, who do you come home to? Nan and Pop or? Yeah, yeah, my yeah,
1: mum and dad right. were amazing. Well, they, it, yeah. they just stepped in, yeah. um yep. and they they were there for Ben when we couldn't be. So yep. um, he still talks about you said you'd be gone only for the night and you were gone for three weeks. And mm. uh, he remembers it very keenly. Yep. Uh, it was pretty traumatic for him, mm. even though we tried to save him from the actual, I suppose, um, day-to-day trauma. Uh, it was traumatic, just the changes yep. that happened all the time for him. And never little, knowing.
2: When you're little, you don't understand you? Yeah, you just think you're right. going off to school and you'll be back
3: and, yeah, you know, and everything yada, yada, yada.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Did he ask you questions at the time about what was going on or...?
1: Yes, he did in his own way. Um, I think Ben's a pretty resilient kid as well and, and um, seemed to have his own ways of coping. But I'll never forget when Zach started, first started school at Mind Data Primary where Ben was going. And um, a little girl said to Ben, what's wrong with your little brother? And I thought, oh, this would be interesting to see how Ben answers it. And Ben said, well, he's just got a little pipe in his head and he's got a crooked back and he's not growing up quite the same as other kids his age. And mm. the little girl went, oh, okay. <laughs> they're not went and <laughs> And that's I thought, okay, that's the way Ben sees it, and that's actually pretty spot on. Know.
0: Isn't it funny sometimes with our children, too, we try to come up with these stories or, you know, watered-down versions to try and tell them things. where sometimes if you just hit them between the eyes with stuff, yeah. they go, oh, okay, and then yeah. off they go. Yeah, yeah, that's yep. okay. Where's the Lego? Like- <laughs> yeah,
3: that's right. That's
0: right. Yeah. Yeah, like they, yeah. yeah, they're more resilient than we give them credit for, I think, yeah, sometimes. Yeah,
1: they really are
0: obviously anyone um anyone who knows your family knows that you guys also went through another pretty you know um a pretty emotional time yourself with um when nick's dad went missing so obviously anyone who listens to the podcast we've had jason on and we've spoken about you know that story but can you tell us um just from your own experiences what that time was like obviously on the back Mm -hmm. of dealing with things with zach and then Mm -hmm. this happens as well can you firstly just tell us what happened
2: well, I guess leading into it, we'd had some concerns about dad and his health leading into it. And we'd had discussions with him and his doctor and all that kind of thing. And um, again, going back a little bit, you talk to the people who know, you know, your family and all the rest of it. And um, so we'd set up a few different things um, to help dad. He was still living at home in Upper Sheffield. And um, I, on, the, on the day that he went missing, we'd organised... Dad's um, issue was with his early dementia was that time and dates were his big thing. So, for example, he's very sporty like myself. Yep. Loved his sport. And so he'd know that he had to play bowls on Saturday. That wasn't a problem. Trouble is, when is Saturday? Oh, okay. That was the problem yep. for him. Okay? Is today Saturday yeah. or tomorrow? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Okay, so we, you know, and and, and an easy fix was that is we got a member of the bowls club to rock up to his place an hour before they were supposed to head off, and Dad would probably be in the garden say, Nick, go get your gear, go get your gear. We're playing, we're playing bowls today. you know, and Dad'd go, oh right, eh, no worries. Yep, get his gear. Off they go and play bowl, and they're not a problem so anyway so there was just the you know these those little things and then this this day we'd organized to um go and fix the clock on his microwave because that was bothering him. and i was working at amber's um still back then and it got to the afternoon and um i thought oh i'm not being in latrobe and i'm not going to be able to because the boys were still young and I'm going, oh, I'm not going to be able to get up to Sheffield. We'd run late for something or other. So I sent a mess- I rang him and I said, Dad, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to get up there tonight. It's my day off tomorrow. I'll come and fix it tomorrow. And the thing with Dad was, if you left him a message, and back in the day when you had the, <laughs> the message on the phone kind of thing, he'd ring you back. Anyway, an hour had passed and I hadn't heard from him. And I thought, oh, that's a bit weird, but didn't think anything as you do back then. And then um, got home and said to Dan, oh, have you heard from Dad? I'd left him a message, but I haven't heard from him. Dan goes, no, no, I hadn't heard. I haven't heard. So anyway, we had tea. We give the boys a bath. And it was getting to seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's something not, not going right. on here. Because he it's starting to get a little bit dark. It's around this time of the year, you know. And I'm going, I reckon i better shoot on up there and just... Check. Make sure, not thinking that anything was wrong, but just thought I'd better get up there and check anyway. Yeah, I drove up there, and as soon as I got into the gate, I could see the dog was still in the in his kennel. I'm thinking, all right, what's going on here? There's no sign of the car, and went and knocked on the door, and no answer. Got the key and opened up. No one was home, and I thought, all right, eh? So that was about seven o'clock. So I rang down and said, he's not here. I, Maybe he's down at the bowls club having a an count, and we'll just kind of hang around. And yeah, you know, eight o'clock came round, still not home, got dark, and he, you know, hadn't come home yet to feed the dog. And so and that's, that's very unlike him. And so that's when I started thinking, right, what's there's something going on there. So anyway, so I quickly rang with Dan, and said, No, he's not home, I don't know where he is. Rang Jace, said, I don't know, dad hasn't rocked up home, blah 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 and then called the police and said i'm really concerned oh well let's just wait he might be out and about and i said oh okay well yes you might be right but no you're not right but all right so kind of stayed the night woke up at five o'clock in the morning because you're not sleeping
1: but the local police then came out the next day yeah, yeah yeah
2: and um and that's it and then rang him again that morning and said look he hasn't come home and I'm really concerned now so they said right oh let's we better send someone over and yeah it all kind of started from there then so and that's it and yeah um we then yeah the journey started as they say yeah the journey really started so yeah Yeah, it was interesting the first week wasn't it it was horrible just Um, not knowing
1: if you needed us. yeah Mm.
2: We had, um, yeah, we had different people come from the police side of things come and ask. So I think we had eight different people in the first seven days that we had to tell the story to. Yep. And that was getting frustrating. Getting
0: draining on you too. Because
2: Mm. people, yeah, I want to hold that blah, blah, blah.
1: And feeling like
2: there wasn't one key
1: person Person overseeing the case. Yep.
2: So um, my brother back then, well, back then still does... Was on Facebook, which I wasn't really overly excited about. But he was, on, and he was friends with David Bartlett, who was the premier of the time. And who you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, at the end of the day, I said to him, send him a message. I wish I'm sick of this. Every every morning, we would get someone new coming to the door and asking the same questions. And within an hour and a half, we had the Minister of Police ring us. I'm getting this sorted for you. And wow. then we kind of got going. To a certain degree, yeah. Um, but yep. yes, anyway. But our friends were fantastic. Oh, the people that, that helped amazing. us up. Yeah. Um, I suppose with my background with marketing, with Ambers and all that, I and with the media contacts, we did all that. I stayed pretty much at Dad's place yeah. and just knew the phone. And did that. Point, it? And and Jason, the guys from the cricket club, our friends, extended people friends, yeah, just. They went out and did the did the hard yards, put the kilometers in, but that was mm. something I couldn't do. I just mm. said, "No, I don't. I want to be here just yeah. You're in, in the case there's base. a phone a
3: phone
1: call." Yeah, but uh, well, I yeah. stayed obviously with the boys yeah. and did what I could from there. But put yeah. my
2: words some some, some oh, put in some enormous kilometers. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to pay for yeah we we, we had to pay, pay for a couple of helicopter searches because mm-hmm. we couldn't get that. Yep. Um, done at the time when we needed it, so we had to do it ourselves.
1: I remember he was up in a helicopter doing a search with the people and he was on the phone to me at the time. He goes, Oops, we've just lost the window. <laughs> oh, God. God. Something clicked oh, out. God. Yeah. Um, I still have a massive dislike of helicopters after that time. Yeah. Every time we heard the helicopters, we think, Oh, yeah. another search.
2: And, um, yeah, look, at the, I guess... And I, uh, you know, I'm sure Jason would have said the same thing. There's no handbook for that kind of thing. So you're really on your own. The The outside influencers had no idea what was going on. They didn't know. They were hoping the public could ring something in. Yeah. And obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. And couldn't offer any, any help whatsoever. Yeah. So we really felt that we had to do it ourselves. Yeah, it was and quite I, isolating. It was. And I said, at the end, I said, you know, six weeks or whatever, I said, you want to be able to sit on a couch at home and if, for some example, if, uh, you know, if we find his car in the Blackberries 200 metres down the road, we know when we were looking, we did our utmost to look. Yes, we might have missed it, but we tried everything. If someone said, have you looked down this road, we went down yes, that we road. That. Have yeah. you checked that? Yes, we went and checked it. Yeah, and to this day, Jason's still doing it. Yeah, mm. and I mean, um, and he's doing a fantastic job, and and that's his thing. That's what he because obviously, like you said, we had plenty of other things going around in the background that took our focus away. Yeah. Um, yeah. We support him with what he continues to do. Mm. But yeah, you no, know, it was it was pretty difficult those that yeah. person i reckon
3: mm.
0: can you explain the, the main emotion that you go through in that situation and and again you were saying like outside people don't really know what's going on i assume you know obviously you'd have some beautiful people in your lives that are providing support but trying to mm. provide emotional support for someone when you haven't actually felt what mm. they're going through because this situation is also so uncommon isn't it like it is. somebody could come in and they can't say oh i know how you feel yeah. Absolutely. can you explain how it, awesome. how you feel
1: there's a term for it now that us psychologists like to <laughs> come up with terms but I think this is a very valid one it's called ambiguous loss okay so it's a it's a feeling of grief but it's there's no end to it it's it's a feeling of um, you're grieving for something that's not there but you're not sure what quite what's happened mm-hmm. um, it's a very complex type of grief I well, think
2: well and you look at it this way too we've never had a real memorial or a funeral for yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when do you do that? Like we thought at at first when we thought we'll go twelve months. You yeah. know, they will do that. But twelve it's months came yeah. so yeah. quickly. Yep. And you go, Oh Well then know.
1: when's the right time? So there's none of those um, when a person's missing there's none of those um, normal grief processes that you can go through that we have in society. Mm. Um, exactly what Nick's saying. But when do you hold a funeral? Or a, You don't have clothes, you, you don't, don't have an end point, do you? Right. there's mm. no endpoint. point. Yep. So um, you're right that it, it is quite isolating because there are not many people, thank goodness, who are in that situation. But I guess we've tried to help others now who are because we just know how isolating it was for mm. us at the time. That that's one way that we feel that we can help is by assisting others who might be going through a similar experience Yeah. yeah there's I, more than
2: you think yeah, actually. Yeah, and I guess um, and you just kind of briefly touched on it but a lot of people do say closure
1: yes and yeah.
2: we uh, that's always been what it's never nothing's ever closed mm. I mean I know it's a a, a thing to say mm. but I, uh, I remember seeing um, like a quote or something it says you know um, you don't move on you move forward yep and that's exactly what it is there's no closure because you don't close the book on anything you like it's just time doesn't stop we just have to move mm. forward mm. we're always you know a part of us is back in that little spot that happened that time the same with Zach and mm. everything you don't you mm. yeah you don't move on but you move forward yeah yeah if we find the car I'm sure we'll find out yeah I reckon that's pretty much you know mm.
1: but, but here we are 14 years down the track and we still have
2: We're no better off than what we were that Mm. Monday night. I I popped up to
0: see what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, well, as I said on the podcast with Jason, like anyone can get on Facebook and find that, look at the Help Find Nicola Solis page. And, you know, I'd recommend that anyone does that because it might just be, you know, somebody that might think the tiniest little bit of information... Might be absolutely irrelevant to you, but if you put that's it in right. there, Jason yep. will search it, I'm sure. Oh, it he <laughs> will. He yeah, will. <laughs> if
2: you find a burnt out car or anything that's yeah. in a paddock that shouldn't be there or something, just ring it through. It mm. doesn't cost anything nowadays to just say, Look, there's a car over there. Can you just someone go and check it
1: out? Yeah. Glint yeah. in a blackberry patch or anything, something. Anything, mm. anything. Yeah, we'd no, it's, it's worth checking. Very grateful.
0: Yeah. yeah. So back onto Zach's story. So about 2009, um, he started to receive treatment for his spinal issue. Is that mm. right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that started to develop after the first year, really. Mm. But, um, the specialist had all checked his back and said, yep, no, everything was fine. But as he started to grow, we just noticed there was sort of a lumpy bit at the bottom of his back. Um, and he started to develop a, a curve in his in his spine. So we saw an expert from Melbourne, um, a, an orthopedic specialist, um, and he was at the forefront of treatment of scoliosis in children. And we now know early intervention is the only way to really get a cure yep. uh, for scoliosis. Um, And so he started um, doing what they call the casting, which is full casting from under the armpits right down to below the hip bones. Yep.
0: And that's Uh, just to keep his spine straight, isn't it? Yes, to
1: hold it into place while he's having growth spurt. And then um, the idea is that it grows into place. It's like training a tree, they say. Um, It's a a very full-on process, but it gets results. Um, and certainly in the initial stages, we did get really great results at his Spine. Um, it meant that in between the casting, he also needed to wear a brace, which he mm-hmm. didn't love because he knew that could come off the cast he knew <laughs> had to be on. But yep. um, he was very, again, very brave with it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it added, he was only a little skinny little guy and <laughs> so the, the cast would add so many kilos to his little body. Yeah. He seemed to manage it, didn't he? And he worked out how to get around with this big cast on. Yeah. Um, it'd get very hot, wouldn't he, at certain times of yeah, the year. Yeah, summer
0: wouldn't be much fun in it, I imagine. No.
1: And they were, they'd have to cut a little tummy hole yeah, in it. So because, his tummy can yeah, so he had room when he had a meal that his little tummy could flip ah. through. <laughs> yeah, it was um it was a huge thing, but he, he managed it really stoically. Yeah,
2: that was uh,
1: just yeah. got on with it yeah. yeah he did he just dealt with I'm sure every time he came out of anaesthetic he thought right what next what do I have to deal with now mm. um, and just often became... it was a big cast on his back so. yeah um,
0: yep. so how long did he have to have that for
1: um, at, at the time so it would be six months at yep. a time Yeah. Yeah, so half of the year he would be in a cast.
0: Yeah. 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 So he, he started kinder in 2011. Did he still have the cast then, or did he...? Yes, yeah. yeah.
1: So he would start often... Yeah, well, half the school year he'd be in the cast, and his amazing aides would know how to work around it and manage things. Yep. Um, for us and, and for the aides, Zach could never really be more than an arm's length away from anyone because of the, tr- the falling hazard. Um, He's
2: became, always a bit top heavy.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the, the heavy with cast. The plaster cast. On. Yeah. yeah. And also, he did have mobility issues, but then if he banged his head, it'd be straight to hospital. So, yep. the safest thing was to have him always within an arm's length, yep. which, as you can imagine, is a challenge with a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> and then, as yeah. he became more independent, but um, yeah, but w- we managed it. And it was a big thing handing him over to school, but they were amazing. Mm. His, his um, aides were just brilliant. Yeah. 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 How
0: did you feel handing him over to school? Was there a time when you wondered whether he'd actually make it to school? It was
1: so nerve-wracking. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It was a huge thing to hand this little boy who'd needed such extreme levels of care over to a school. <laughs> um, but I think we were just very blessed that we'd found mine at a primary school. And his aides had come to work um, at uh, work with Zach at ESIS. Yep. Yeah. Uh, at the early intervention school where they'd got to know Zackie really well. Um, and so his aides came along and learnt um, what to do f- there and, and from, from me a little bit as well. Um, and they let me stay <laughs> for quite some time beyond what's normal for kinder yeah. um, so that I could feel comfortable in leaving him. So um, in the end we were, yeah, very... Um,
2: they were very supportive.
1: They were very yeah. supportive, and, and we were very grateful for their level of care. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So we were quite, it was like handing him over to family. Yep. <laughs> In the
0: end. That's good. Yeah, yeah it makes you a bit more comfortable, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they, they really realized it was a huge responsibility. Yep. But, um, their, but their risk management plans were very impressive. Any <laughs> <laughs> they had an excursion or anything out of the ordinary with Zachy, it was huge.
2: Yeah, but, but they soon realised he was a cool dude. Yeah, they loved his him. personality they, made up
1: for all the fear of looking after him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, I just I remember saying, you know, any of the teachers that work with him, they just seem to be absolutely smitten with him. Like yeah. he was, yeah. Oh, he he,
2: yeah. he never. And I think that's the thing that people remember about Zach was he never. Was crabby like he didn't have a a bad bone in his body. Yeah. <laughs> like he was always happy, or well, he'd always give someone a cuddle if Or he just yeah, he yeah, was just everyone's a gentle mate. He, was. Mm.
1: he was. I mean, he had his few cranky times, oh, like was, yeah. job, but, <laughs> um, Kids do. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. he was just a very loving Lou little was. boy.
0: Yeah. yeah. <sighs> It's funny actually because I was I was talking to um to my son Jake. He, had, he was actually in Zach's class in grade three. um oh, Just because you. I knew I was talking to, to you guys today, and I said, "Can you can you tell me about him? What was it like being in class with him?" And with Zach, straight away, he just said he was always happy. Yeah. That's all he said. He said he was always happy.
2: Yeah. And so animals, true. and that's it. He'd yeah. want to roll around on the on yeah. The and he
1: want to entertain all yep. the kids in the class. They all used to argue for who could be in Zach's class because he's very entertaining. Mm. Yep. He was a bit of a show pony.
0: Yeah, yeah. Keep people entertained.
1: Yes, yeah. my God, he'd make an entrance. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So 2012, that was when um, he started to have some surgeries because a couple of uh, tumours popped up around that time. Can you tell us about that time?
1: Yeah, so he'd, it's, he started to get a really noticeable lump in his nose that was, um, yeah, quite um, obvious, mm. it? especially in photos. And so we'd seen um, the local specialists, um, and they quickly realized it was another royal well, children's um, issue to be dealt with. So we went to see the ear, nose, and throat surgeon over there. By well, that time in 2011, we'd had Gabby, a yep. daughter. Yep. And so she was getting very used to coming over to Melbourne um, with us as a <laughs> Exciting. Yes. Yep. Well, that's right. They've, yep, Gabby often found it very exciting. Well, to to this to
2: day, she only wants to go back to Melbourne, to the hospital, because that's where Boost Juice and Sushi is. Ah. Uh, that's, uh, she doesn't understand that there's no... because we didn't go anywhere else. Yeah. But she gets excited because Boost Juice was is a at the huge hospital.
1: part of her life yeah. was the Royal Children's Hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, she asked us well, a year or so ago, when are we going back to the hospital? No, we're not going back now, yeah. it's just part of her life. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this specialist that we saw for Zaki's um, nose tumours ended up being they Couldn't deal with it at the Royal Children's Hospital, it was too complex. Yeah, so that's, that's saying something because they deal with everything. Mm. But they referred it as, um, to a, a specialist, um, uh, facial maxillofacial surgeon. Yeah, um, and he'd never seen them before. He, he realized that it was a there was something called a giant single cell tumor, so just one cell that had just grown and taken off in his nose that had to have surgical intervention. Yeah, um so yeah he was a, a lovely man he he was the surgeon who he volunteers his time at the children's hospital so he'd separated the conjoined twins and done all these amazing big surgeries and so here he was operating on zaki's nose and um, i remember saying to him well it's wonderful that you can do this and he said well look he goes, I spend most of my time working on ladies' noses to make them all perfect. This is the least I can do to give something back. Yeah. So um, a really special man. And he ended up doing two surgeries for Zach because another one came up a year or so later in his cheekbone. Yeah. Um, and so he, he fixed that for him as well. Yeah. But he said he'd never seen these tumours before, but since then he's seen them in other people. Mm. Um, but I guess Zach taught him something too. Yeah,
0: yeah. We'll get onto that later because he's taught a lot of people a lot of things. Yes. yes <laughs> yeah. This episode of the Pods proudly brought to you by J Beck Mechanical Repairs. With the ever rising cost of living, we're all looking for ways to save a few bucks so you can spend it in the areas that you love. One area J Beck can help you is with the rising cost of fuel prices. Why not remap your vehicle to gain more power and better fuel economy through their chip tuning service? Chip tuning can be done on many vehicles, including various trucks and tractors, and conditions apply. With over 30 years combined experience in small engine cars and diesel engines, Jade and his team are qualified in both diesel and petrol vehicles. They offer a mobile field service unit including breakdown services, all mechanical repairs, engine rebuilds as well as aircon and auto electrical services. To find out more just find Jbeck Mechanical Repairs on Facebook, email Investments at gmail.com or call or text 0492 594 058. Tell them Brendan sent you for a free cuddle and trust me that's better than a handshake because Jade's fingers will crush you. J-Beck Mechanical Repairs, offering chip tuning. Unleash the power within. 2013 you moved into the Big Blue Farmhouse. Now tell us about that and how that name came about.
1: Yeah, so we'd outgrown our other little home.
0: Yep. Um, so where were you living?
1: Oh, we were in Ambleside. Yep. We had a, a beautiful little home there that we'd bought just for the two of us originally. And yep. then we maxed it out with children. <laughs> it was meant to be a retirement home for some, the people who had originally bought it. So yeah. it was really just built for two. And we'd maxed it out. You um, got but, to
2: the stage there that, I don't know if you're like me, but if there's something on the floor, I will tread on it. Mm. Without a shadow without. a yep. doubt. Lego's
0: deadly. Oh, so it was
2: either <laughs> going to be a child or or a toy of something. Else. we've got to do something. To do something yeah. It's too small. Yep.
1: And we've been really blessed because we'd had the renovation show done on that home. So we were very attached to it. Um, but when Gabby came along, there was, I mean, she and Zach were sleeping in our dressing room. They didn't even have a bedroom. So, yep. so we really need to move. We would have loved to extend where we were, but it wasn't really possible with Zach's mobility. Yeah. So, We started looking and, yeah, this home came up. We thought, oh, we'll go have a look at that. Uh, But we were a bit worried about how Zap might adjust to a move. But it turned out he was in his element. And as soon as we found this home that was, you know, in a farming area... He just went, I want to go straight back to the big blue farmhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we all decided that this was the home for us. And the
2: back deck was ramped. Yes, it was ramped.
1: ramped, Perfect for Zach to just be able to get his gumboots on and safely go
2: down. And just his (laughs) gumboots.
1: That's all Oh, yes. Often it was just (laughs) (laughs) gumboots. Sounds (laughs) like my boy. Yeah. Bit of a a jungle boy. (laughs) 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 Um, So that was... um, Life-changing for Zach, because he has so much more independence at, at this home, because like Nick said, it was ramped. Yep. Um, it was all fenced, and it was all flat, so he could just go out and potter outside mm-hmm. with the animals, and pick his bits of grass and corn, and happily potter about yep. all day. Yep. How many acres did you have? Um, or two and you and and have half. Sorry, you're still there yeah, now, aren't you? Yeah, are still there, so yep. two and a half acres. Perfect size
0: for kids. Yeah. 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 They don't have to sort of work it for days or anything like that. They can just have a bit of fun.
1: (laughs) We did have a few hairy moments, though. Here I was thinking it was safe. Um, My brother had brought up a... We called him the angry ram (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, a, a few sheep to put on the paddock. But they were safely on that side of the fence. But one day I just popped inside for a minute and Gabby and Zach were playing outside. And I came out and I said, Gabby, where's Zach? And she said, oh, I don't know, Mummy. And I looked out and saw Zach tottering around in the middle of the angry ram paddock. (laughs) This dreadful (laughs) ram who'd been known to take people out in one foul swoop.
0: He was one of those Spanish matadors. (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: So I just, uh, it must have been the tone of my voice. I said, Zachy, come to mummy. And he he slowly potted, as Zach did, back um, through the the gate that he managed to work out how to open. Mm. Um, And I was shaking so much. Um, Once he was safe, the adrenaline had really kicked in. And little Gabby could see my shaking hands and she said, Mummy, I think you just need to take a deep breath. <laughs> wow. <laughs> great insight. Yeah, great insight indeed. But uh, I don't think Zach realised the danger because he just loved animals. Yeah.
0: Um, so the ram didn't hurt him? No, yeah.
1: miraculously. I don't know how. Take,
2: the ram's taken out a
1: few people. Yep. He has taken out a few people. Yeah. Yeah. But um, not Zach, thank goodness. Mm.
0: Funny things, though, animals. Sometimes they know things that humans don't, I think. I
1: wonder that, whether they're um, just, yeah, new. Who knows?
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, Zach was definitely the animal whisperer. Yep, yep.
0: So you had a couple of years there where things must have been pretty sort of steady because it was about 2015 that you had your next sort of health thing. So how were things going in the interim? Were things sort of ticking along okay? Well,
1: we were always too... Um, the royal childrens at least every three months yep. um, for Zach to get various um, heart um, checkups and.
2: Well, there was a stage that I remember. Casting. We were going every month for eighteen months. Yeah, every month we mm-hmm. were going to Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: but that just became sort of the normal. Mm. But there were no new big mm. things or new big concerns during that time. It was just mm. we're in a bit of a routine and yep. yeah.
2: But Zach you'd always, and that's I guess right at the beginning where I was. Having a bit of a childhood, that's he'd always had trouble with his eyesight, and we'd yeah. been trying to get some glasses for him because we mm. could, you know, he liked to read. Yep, and we tried to get glasses for him, and he put them on, and he hated them, hated he just them. he'd try even them. Them. in the away. car, he'd never wear it and like you know, you think you put on glasses, you can actually see, yeah, you know, and yeah. we knew he couldn't see in certain areas, and so yeah. Well, we're in the Royal Children, so we asked for a second opinion. Didn't mm, we? And his eyes because we just happy with the we were, we're the right
1: information here. we were getting here. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so they they um, did an inspection and said, "Oh, just it looks like there's a, a a very pale optic nerve, and we just like to get a few more." Um, a bit of a further investigation, so we'd like to give him an MRI.
0: Yep. So, sorry, a pale optic nerve, does that mean that it's not as thick as. Yeah, it's not a getting normal... the blood supply that okay. it needs. Yep, yep. So,
1: um, yeah, they suspected um, an MRI was necessary. And so he hadn't had an MRI since he'd had the initial.
2: Yeah, right, when he was. shunned. Yeah. yeah. So when he was. yeah.
1: Middle. Because no one really wanted to put him under an anaesthetic unnecessarily because he'd had. So many already. Mm-hmm. so um, He'd only had one at two and then no further MRIs, just CAT scans since then. And so Nick took him over, didn't you?
2: We just took him over. Yeah, it was just a day kind of thing. Mm. Like we had the backpack and yep. hopped on the plane from Devonport and yep. drifted over thinking we'd be back that night. And yeah, uh, you know, as we were talking before, the time was ticking along and you're going, right, hey, what's going on? You know, and you're in a room full of other parents that have obviously their children are having different procedures and coming out of anaesthetic and whatever and then you see two doctors coming in that I'd never seen before and you know, and you, you just wait oh don't ask for the parents of Zaxalis and sure enough that's what they said we're looking for So as soon as they said that I think you you my first thought was obviously that something had happened under, under anaesthetic yeah and then um, and then they said, "Oh, we need to have a chat." And say so the sweat started happening, and then you go right. Any other know. time,
1: I would have been there too. But yeah, we just oh, thought, "Oh, it's you know yeah, one it of the a, minor procedures." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. just
2: a simple trip. Mm. So yeah. So anyway, um, I don't remember much of the conversation, to be honest. I mean, you just hear those. You know you whatever the words were you know we've discovered something oh i can't like i said i can't even remember what it was yeah but it was just all a kind of a blur after that and then um i remember i rang dan i said you, you've got it because in our little relationship here with the medical side as you can hear dan knows all the big words and and all the all the terms i was the pack horse yep <laughs> you just, uh, right got to go to melbourne yep we'll you know, get load up. ready, load him up, get him over there, get done. Yeah, they'd ask me a few things. I'd go, I don't know. You need to talk to my wife. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> Packing back up. You wouldn't and be I'm the like, first. Yeah, that's right. Exactly I right. can relate <laughs> So that's
2: it. So um, yeah, they were, you know, they were really hitting me with some technical terms which I had no idea what the. I got the gist, and I'm going. This is way above my pay grade. Yep. So I rang down. I said, you need to kind of. Well, so here. they
1: weren't letting him out of hospital.
2: No, no. So, yeah. yeah. So and then, you know, being stuck in Devonport, the flights aren't all that great. And so you don't, couldn't get a, a flight the next two day. Two days, I yeah. think it
1: was. It was and, horrible two days. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: yeah. then because it was the last moment, it would it cost, it was $1,000, wasn't it, mm. to come over. And the <laughs> air, yeah, you know, you do anything to kind of get over. And, mm. yeah, that's it. And then they...
1: Then the neurosurgeon talked to us yeah. and said that um, he had tumours all through his brain and down his spinal column. And then it became clear what that uh, Noonan's Plus had been yeah. all his life because the specialist ordered back the films from the MRI when he was two and said the start of it was there then. Yep. So it's actually what had caused the hydrocephalus, caused his Yep. Probably the scoliosis caused all those things that they'd put down to maybe it being Noonan's. Yep. But it wasn't, in fact, it was this very rare tumour system that had taken over his nervous system.
2: Yep. Yeah, it was basically, if you, to describe it, I remember they had his scan up on the up on the, the wall or whatever and it's like you get a black marker pen and you just start shading it all in. Yep. And they, yeah. And they said that's... Yeah. Um, one of the things from that was... The doctor, uh, Virginia Maximus, was that her name, Virginia?
1: Yeah. Um, so this one of the head neurosurgeons from the Royal Children's Hospital who's always super busy and mm. flat out. She had just happened to walk into the MRI room after Zach had just had his MRI and she would be one of the only people in the world who would have recognised what this tumour was. Because she's dealt with it before, yeah. And it's only Royal Children's Hospital and the Boston's Children's Hospital in in um, America that would know what this tumor was. Yeah. And she walked in and said, "Right, you better let me have a look at those films." Yeah. Um, And diagnosed it pretty much there on the spot. So she took over that case, and it was her that I spoke Mm -hmm. to when I got over there. Yeah. And she explained that it's a very rare childhood tumor. Um that at that point, Zach was only one of five children in Australia with this tumour. It's so newly diagnosed that they don't really know how to treat it. They hope that with um, growth, it burns itself out because it's only a tumour of childhood. So if they can make it through to adulthood, it it has a chance of burning itself out. But the trick is to get the children to that point um, to be able to have all that growth that they need to have yeah. to turn into adults with, while c- trying to keep the tumor system contained, yeah. and so that became our battle. Mm. Uh, was
2: we were very lucky to get her though. Oh, um, yeah, like they said, hey, they said, miraculous. Yeah, they said she's never in early. Yeah. They said it just this one day she and she spotted it. Yeah. She said otherwise they would have yeah. they wouldn't have known. They would have missed. we would have gone happily back on the flight. Yeah, Max yeah. Tassie and who knows. You
1: know, yeah. Yep. And she became, yeah, yeah, one of Zachy's friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Zachy, made friends with her. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So
2: how
0: how were your emotions at the time then, just finding that out? Because I'd imagine up until then you probably thought, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you may have thought he was just having, you know, health issues as a child, but things were going to, you know, Absolutely. eventually be fine and he yeah. was going to be okay. This exactly. was obviously a pretty, pretty major setback.
1: Oh, uh, it was total grief. Because, as you said, we had been through such a rollercoaster with Zaki and seen all how huge it was for him to reach every single milestone. And we didn't take any of that for granted because it's such a huge thing. Mm. And we thought we are on the other side of it. Exactly what you said. We thought that... We'd passed all the biggest hurdles. We knew all the big mm. medical things. we dealt with all the big medical things. He he may have had to have spinal fusion, which we weren't looking forward to, but we thought we were on top of everything because he'd had every investigation known to man. We didn't
2: think that, that there was anything coming. We didn't would... expect any surprises.
1: No. Yeah, and this was a oh, doozy of a surprise. So mm. it was total grief. Yeah,
2: and Like you said, and, just, and leading into before that, with dad stuff. It was just one thing after another, wasn't it?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, finally recognising that you probably wouldn't have your child. Yeah. Yep. Realising that we wouldn't have him for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And our oncologist was lovely. He was very honest with us and said, even though this sort of tumour isn't uh, malignant, it can still create lots of... Yeah problems. And there's
2: always hope. Absolutely. But,
0: he, you there?
1: know, he had hope too. We all had hope. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it was that daunting that, uh, yeah, this is uh, the biggest thing yeah. that we dealt with. And yeah. we dealt with lots of big things.
0: It was about that time that another person came into your life by the name of Tim Blair, wasn't it? Yeah. And Tim, I've met Tim, and Tim's been on the podcast, obviously. And, you know, I know what I think of Tim. But can you just explain, yeah. you know, your experiences of him? And he'll hate this, so really go to town.
1: <laughs> go He's to so absolute humble. town. <laughs> so uh, the first time I remember meeting Tim was when Zach had just had a massive biopsy on this tumour so that he could f- confirm that it was, in, in fact, adult tumour. Uh, and that was a pretty major... You think of a biopsy as being a little thing, but it was this massive, greatly cut down the back of his brain and spine. So he was recovering in hospital with that and dear tim we never met him before walks into the room (laughs) and introduces himself and pretty much said you know we're here to help you and support you now that's a huge thing to walk into someone's hospital room where they're in the middle of grief and with their child recovering from a huge operation that takes guts i think was that in melbourne yeah
0: yeah so he'd flown to melbourne
2: he he's a he's something. a he's a true um, hawk supporter, which <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to say. And um, I think, if so I remember, and I think they might have been, you know, like going to a Hawks game, and they were going because he had the fat. He, no, he was by himself at that, that time, he wasn't was. he? Yes. Yeah. So he just organised. He was coming over, and he was coming to see us. So,
0: yeah. yeah. And um, how how did he heard about the story?
1: I think through Sarah. Oh, Sarah Bowie. yeah. yeah it might have been. I think so. Tim had supported her daughter Phoebe. Yep. Uh, and Sarah's a family friend of ours. Uh, so I think that's how Tim had, mm. p- potentially. Yeah. I might be making that yeah. up, but I think that's how it <laughs> happened. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it was wonderful to meet Tim. And uh, yeah, he's been very involved in our family ever since. Yeah. And, and Mandy and his amazing foundation. So he and Zachy became good friends. yeah <laughs> Uh, and he visited us, he and Mandy and the family visited us later on when Zach was having radiation and, uh, yeah, you never forget those things. Nah. He did a massive run for Zach as well. Yeah.
0: How far did he run?
1: <laughs> Do you remember? It was a long run. I think it was one of the biggest that he's done. Yep. It was a long way. And it was a really hot day for yep. Tim when they did the run and... Ended at Mondetta to much fanfare Mm -hmm. (laughs) from all the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, He's incredible. I don't know how he he does what he does.
0: He's unreal. He's
1: superhuman. He is.
2: (laughs) It's those kind of things that I I often say to people. One of the things you miss when you're in hospital, like to kind of um, explain what would happen, Zach would be in hospital. So that would mean Dan would be living in a chair in the hospital, because there's no bed for a parent yeah. in there. So Dan would be camped in his room all the time, 24-7. So more often than not, we'd have Gabby, at least, possibly Ben as well, but more often than it was just Gabby. And we'd be in a hotel a block away or whatever, or on a McDonald House, whatever the case may be. And one of the things we used to always do was you get up in, for me get up in the morning you know get everyone ready we're going, heading off to the hospital you stop you buy a coffee because we all know about hospital food mm, and <laughs> it yep. really hasn't changed <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is yeah, you know a routine get up maybe get a Danish get a coffee then you know walk in take a breath okay off we go Yeah. the start of the day you know you got your doctors coming in and blah 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 you do that and all the rest of it, and um, yeah, all those little luxuries that you know—that's what you kind of you know, just a bit of normality to say, right? You know, here's twenty dollars or something, or here's some coffee vouchers, or here's something Especially back then, too, when the Wi-Fi wasn't great, you know, here's something for the kids, you know, for the Wi-Fi for your phone or whatever. Yeah, all those little things you you don't think of, and they make such a big difference, mm. you know. Um, yeah it's just all those the little things like that yeah Yeah, and like I said um, and Tim was great with you know we came they came and listened to us one day and we just thought they were having a chat and off you go yeah by half an hour later they'd been down to the uh, supermarket and come back a couple of bags of groceries yeah listen to all the the kids the things the the, kids
1: liked and something for us and some special spray for Zach's radiation burns and they're just so thoughtful Yeah. yeah
2: And, yeah. and they're the things that, you know... You, you, you know, never accept. forget those mm. things.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's aside from all the amazing runs mm. and things. Oh, yeah. He and Maddie are just beautiful people. Yeah, that's right.
0: yeah, it's just a little thing sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. So at that time with, with Zachy, so what was his treatment? So it was, just, it was chemo through that yeah, time? Yeah,
1: so he started um, the first round of chemo for a year. Yep. And so that was each month in Melbourne. So we travelled to Melbourne for him to have the... Treatment. The first one was disastrous. He had some complications, so we ended up being stuck there for a bit longer than expected. Mm-hmm. But after that, he tolerated the other, the other eleven rounds really amazingly well. Yeah. Um, and it was strange. Like we were really concerned about chemo for Zach. He was already very skinny um, and already had lots of vomiting, so we were incredibly worried that he would lose more weight and yeah. That it would be dire for his health, but in actual fact, it had the opposite effect. Mm. It was like he went and got his little vitamin infusion. and yep. he would tolerate it incredibly well, and he started putting on weight. Yeah, uh, and, and getting more healthy, didn't he? It was mm. very unexpected. Yeah, and he didn't lose his hair. No. <laughs> Got his mother's hair, but he—he yeah. um, um, he didn't lose his hair at all. So people had knitted him little beanies and everything already for chemo. But yeah, yeah. He, it's just like his body tolerated it incredibly well. Mm-hmm.
3: And how
0: did you guys feel through that time? Like you talk about that hope and the fact that he was responding probably the opposite to how you expected him. Did that sort of give you hope well, that maybe did. he could kick this? Yeah,
1: we could see that what they were talking about. You know, if we could get him through to adulthood, that. Um, could, might be doable, yep. um, and yeah, to see him gain weight and 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 be looking healthy uh, was was really exciting. Uh, but when they stopped that first year, the first round, the next MRI showed that the tumours had started growing again when they'd stopped the chemo. Yeah, and that was only a year of treatment. They couldn't continue that one for any longer than a year. Okay, and so they had to think of a different option. And so he went to weekly chemo with a different regime. And so luckily they allowed us to do some of that in Launceston. Yep. So Zachy made a whole heap of new friends at the Launceston hospital. uh, Because, yeah, we were there every week. So we got to know them very well.
3: Yep.
1: Um, And that also he tolerated. Mm, Yep.
0: And he was going to school, too, in between.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He would have chemo on a Tuesday. He'd usually have Wednesday off, and then he'd be back to school by Thursday. And he
0: wanted to go to school? Yes,
1: he loved school. God. Loved going and seeing his friends.
0: (laughs) How old was he at that time?
1: Oh, he was 10. Yeah, Yeah, 10. Ten, and, 10 11. and eleven.
0: My God, my youngest is eight, and he's already over school. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, no, Zacky loved it, and he had the best friends. Yeah, just he loved his friends. Most beautiful friends yep. at my Yeah, yep.
0: tell me, tell me about his toughness and his attitude, and how how proud you must have been of him at that time.
1: Yeah, he's he's just Zacky's one of a kind, really. Incredibly proud of him, just getting on with things. Just his. Resilience and his stoicism, yeah. and just uh, yeah, how on earth he managed to remain cheerful despite all the treatments and things that he had. He always, um, he'd always be looking forward to the next things, wouldn't he? Yeah. So he had it like an escape plan from hospital, yep. so he'd never dwell on the fact that he was stuck in hospital or he had to have treatment, he'd always be thinking about. Can I get my shoes on? Can I hop in my stroller? Can I get the taxi? Can I get in the plane? Can I get back to the big blue farmhouse? Yeah. So it was like that became his safe haven, I guess. And he'd always be, um, yeah, not dwelling on what was happening, but thinking of the positives in the future. Yeah, so, Yeah. very incredibly proud of him. I
0: reckon. And just, you know, obviously how, how you guys have conducted yourselves over time and things like, I don't think it's any fluke that, that he was like that. Obviously that was bred into him so oh, yeah great. just you know obviously the way that, that you guys you know oh, the, the setbacks that, that you guys have endured and the way that you you know push through like obviously it's just a, a trait of the family so that's yeah great. you must be yeah but as I say though you know I know if my kids are sick and they go to school I'm unbelievably proud so you know because <laughs> they'll, they'll protest and things like that I tell them at the end of the day how proud I am of them so I could only imagine you know what he was going through How how proud you must have been of him.
1: Yeah, he was a, a tough kid, just, yeah, for, for a little package, he was mm. such a tough kid, but uh, like to say, such a loving, gentle soul. Yep.
0: Yeah. Going back to the Noonan syndrome, so it was around this time he actually got the formal diagnosis, wasn't it? Yeah. And And there's been a paper written about his case? Yeah, yep. so in
1: the end, uh, there was a, a specialist in Germany who was doing some advanced testing of genes. Yep. Uh, and so he took um, a sample uh, from the specialist here in Melbourne of Zach, Zach's um, blood, and it was sent over to Germany, and they actually managed to find the, the gene that was affected for Zach. And he, at the time, he was the only one in the world without particular genetic change, yep. which is um, a random genetic change. It's something that we didn't pass on. It just happened yep. um, for him. Um, but since Zach's uh, diagnosis they've actually identified at least one other little boy with exactly the same genetic change. So now I guess they'll be able to look out for that change when they're looking for kids with Noonan syndrome.. Yeah. Um, so yes, he's a specialist in, in Melbourne, uh, along with some other genetic specialists, have written a paper on Zach and the other little boy who was identified. Yeah.
0: Does it, does it feel good though, knowing Zach's story now may be helping other kids, you know, yeah. with that diagnosis?
1: Definitely, I think. um, Zach was at the forefront of the journey, I think, with with his Noonans and with his adult tumours. And if that helps other um, children and it it helps their journey maybe be a little bit easier, then I think that's something positive that can come out of the... Yeah, the medical traumas that Zachy had. Yeah,
0: so the tumours were sort of a byproduct of the of the Noonans. They're sort of tied in together. Are they? No,
1: they haven't found that link. Okay. No, and apparently the other little boy, we do know that he doesn't have adult tumours. Okay. Um, just Noonans. So, had Zach not developed the adult tumours, I think things would have been okay for him. Yeah. It was the adult tumours that really threw things for us six. Uh, all we know with Noonans is it does make kids more susceptible at times to getting tumors okay but not no exactly only person known who's got had noonan syndrome and adult tumors yeah 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 just yeah two very rare diseases that he happened to get yeah
0: yeah so we're on to 2017 so there was a birthday present that he got around that time (laughs) that was pretty special can you tell us about that Mm. Yeah. 11 years old is that right
1: yeah so Zaki had like i said he's our farm boy and yep. absolutely loved all farm animals but cows were always his favorite he always talked about cows right mm-hmm. from the beginning if he saw a cow, he'd be straight over there. Mm. He actually got a job offer at Ashgrove once. <laughs> so they needed dedicated milk. So they said, when he's old enough, bring him back to us. And yeah. he, he had a job as a milking cow. Yeah.
0: God, my kids wouldn't go near those fake cows out there. They'd be scared, <laughs> scared to death of them. So, yeah, i take my hat off to him. Cows,
3: cows him, are very popular no, but, animals.
1: Yes, yeah. that was that saying. Cows are very popular animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. To, to Zach, yes. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, he'd always desperately wanted a a cow. So, um, originally, that's um, what we we were planning with um, Tim's run um, to save up some money for the cow, because that's the main thing that Zach wanted. In the end, some beautiful people, Adrian and Glenda Brown, had hand-raised a little Jersey cow, and they gave it to Zach for his birthday. So uh, she became known as Daisy. Well,
2: we asked, we asked, we asked uh, Zach, what are you going to, what are you going to call? the cow? he said, Daisy, of course. So her so full a, name was Daisy, 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 of course. Daisy, of course.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As if there's any other name yeah, for a that's cow. Right. <laughs> um, They're funny. So, so Daisy uh, was delivered the night before Zach's birthday to the big blue farmhouse, mm. and Zach's face, it was just priceless. Mm. It was just in his element, and he followed her around the paddock for the rest of the night, didn't he?
3: Mm. <laughs> yeah.
1: And yep, yeah, they became besties. She used yeah. to come up on our deck and... <laughs> head out in the backyard with us until she became way too big (laughs) to play with (laughs) they
0: do that don't they it's like any animal they're cute cute when they're little but once they get a little bit bigger it's a little bit of a different story
1: she's quite a character Daisy she's a big character you've
0: still got Daisy we do still have
1: Daisy but she doesn't live at the big blue farmhouse anymore okay. Zach had said he loved her as a pet but he said I wanted to be back with her animal friends Oh, (laughs) my friend um, has a beautiful farm up at eagles nest retreat and so daisy's living with her own special herd up at eagles nest retreat yeah which would make zaki so happy <laughs> excellent and she's had a calf now, too. Oh, so beautiful. She's got Dandelion, the calf now. Who's nearly <laughs> as big as her. But <laughs> Is she
0: Dandelion, of course? She's got the last name <laughs> yeah. as well. Well, actually, it's a boy. Ah! Oh. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: yes, they're, they're a very happy crew. Yep. <laughs> actually, Daisy just photo bombed in someone's wedding proposal. Oh, so, nice. En- engagement photos. So yeah. She's a bit of a photo bomber <laughs> up there at Eagles Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Um, so just take us through 2017 then as far as Zach's journey through that, that year.
1: Uh, so that was a really, really tough year, 2017, because he'd been doing okay with his weekly chemo, um, but we still had to go back to Melbourne every three months for the MRIs. Um, and on this particular trip, Zach was still kicking goals I think he mm. was doing really well. But um, our oncologist said, look, on the scan, he's got fluid all um, in his spinal column now. So he's going to need an operation to put a shunt now in the spinal column as well as in the brain. And so we thought, oh, no, not another shunt to have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay, if that's the next thing for Zach. Um, But for some reason, they didn't. Want it to be um, done in Melbourne? They thought because the shunt might need revision, like the shunt in his head, that it'd be best to have it done in Hobart. But at that point, we were worried that Zach was way too complex for for surgery to be done locally. It really needed to be done at the specialist yep. hospital.
0: So was still having his chemo. Yeah, at his time. Yep. yeah, yeah.
1: Although they stopped it, they stopped it in preparation for that. When we knew that op- the operation was happening, they stopped mm-hmm. it in in preparation for that. Yep. Um. So he ended up having a really long time without chemo. But uh, the long and the short of it is that he had the surgery in Hobart and it didn't go well at all. Uh, And that was the start of the setbacks for Zaki, really. Yeah. Um, Because he nearly died after the operation from anaesthetic complications. Yep. He was kept a really long time under anaesthetic because after the operation, which failed because the fluid was too thick and they couldn't put the shunt in, they then decided to do an MRI and in the end he ended up being under anaesthetic for six hours, yep. which we know is way too long, way too long. Um, so anyway, his poor little fellow had complications and developed um, basically hospital-induced pneumonia from that experience. Um, and wasn't expected to survive but he did because he's Zach and he, he was incredible um, and because of the amazing medical team in ICU there who had a sort of a three-pronged approach to treating him um, uh, and so he survived but then we were told in that hospital after he was it 10 days or something and then he'd survived um, we were taken into a room and told well sorry but he's only got a few weeks to live now so we're sending him home he won't walk again uh, prepare that he's only got a few weeks to live but um they said your one chance is maybe to try some radiation therapy in in melbourne so there we are again <laughs> thrust into this situation of facing not having zaki which was horrible and very traumatic um, so they were going to fly him straight to Melbourne for this radiation therapy. And we said, no, we we want to take him home first to say his goodbyes. Um, and then we'll take him to Melbourne.
0: So you'd prepared yourself pretty well that the radiation therapy probably wasn't going to be successful? Yeah, for okay. a child
1: who'd just been told that they only had a few weeks to live. It was yeah, a horrible decision to have to make. But I suppose if they'd said there was a chance that it could help, we are going to take that chance for him. Yeah. And in the end, um, it, it it did help. Whether it was fluid, though, or whether it was tumour, we're not sure. But um, it, when the specialist looked at the post-radiation films, it, it, his spine looked really good. Yeah, so he dealt with three weeks of radiation therapy, which is mm-hmm. horrible, but he was incredibly again, stoic again.
2: Didn't complain. No, just, just did just, it.
1: Yeah, did it. Yeah. Zach didn't we didn't tell you this, Zach didn't like band-aids. He had all these massive operations and could deal with all these things, but he hated band-aids. Mm. So to have radiation and for kids they don't tattoo them, they put like little stickers on them. Okay. That was the most traumatic thing about this horrendous <laughs> radiation for Zach was that he had to have these stickers on. Yeah. Um and yeah, he he was incredible and dealt with it amazingly yeah. well. Yeah. And so we made it home after a month. Yeah. With away. all that
2: bad news, someone must have, they just forgot to tell Zach. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It says a bit for the human spirit, doesn't it? You yeah. do hear lots of oh. stories of that, that, yeah. you know, the human spirit can push through things when, you know, med- medicine actually can't explain it. Yeah,
1: you're so right. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I think Zach had other ideas. Yeah.
0: In the world today, mental health is an issue which thankfully more and more people are becoming aware of and comfortable speaking about. When choosing a professional to help you, what kind of service would you be looking for? At Lonvara, when asked to describe Mel Purcell's service, clients described it as real, compassionate, empowering, friendly, welcoming, inner strength building, a positive, safe, supportive environment, and she was described by one source as an absolute legend who enables change with love. Mel offers clinical counselling, hypnotherapy and a professional service which is tailored to the individual. She has a personal approach and makes sure each client's experience is authentic to their needs while also ensuring full confidentiality. Winner of the 2022 Australian Allied Health Awards for Rural and Remote Excellence, you can self-refer or through your GP mental health care plan. Lonvara, believing in you. Just to take you back a step, but just when you went back to the the big blue farmhouse before you then went over to Melbourne, how many days did you spend there before you there went was to only Melbourne? A
1: couple, three. Yeah, yeah, three three
0: days. What were your objectives over those couple of days, as far as you know, your goodbyes and the, the other kids and, and things like that? Can you are you happy to talk about that? Or?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, you know no one wants to be in that situation.
2: But, a lot of pondering.
1: Yeah. Because
2: Again, are we doing the right thing? Yeah. Do we stay? Do we go? Yeah, do we what do we? What do you do? Blame. You know, you've got someone. Yeah, you're you're in a real quandary.
1: Yeah, what's the right thing to do for your child? Because it was getting to that point. I mean, we'd always tried to choose what was best for Zachy, but at that point, when you know you're at the really pointy end, every decision is yes. a huge one.
2: To know that you've got to go and fly back over to Melbourne, then do radiation therapy. Yeah. Which is not nice. Uh, have, well, how well, was it, um, see, how many weeks were we over, did we end up being over in Melbourne for?
1: Oh, four weeks that four, time. Four weeks, you know, yeah. like we
2: just had a massive stint in Hobart with him being so crook yeah. and David got crook too. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah, it was a big call. And for the
1: other kids too.
2: And plus the extended family, like I said, you know. um, It's important
1: for him to say goodbye to mum and dad, To not it? it. Yeah, I mean,
2: you've got all your people around the the fringe that are caring very much. You know, they're not in there, but they're on the outskirts looking in. And Yeah. yeah, they've all got a vested interest as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's, a, it's so a it was, hard. Yeah, really, really sad hard. days. And mm. and for, for Zachy, it was about also giving him a chance to say goodbye to his beloved big blue farmhouse. If, yeah. that's, if that was going to be, mm. if he wasn't going to be coming back. It was, but,
2: but in true Zach form, after a day or two, you could see he was starting to perk up again. Yeah, <laughs> And then, and I think that, then that's when we went, yeah, we'll, we're going to, we'll, Go do the Melbourne thing. Give it a try. Yeah. Because yeah. if he hadn't, yeah. if he hadn't, because I think they were saying like he's never, he wasn't going to walk. Yeah, they him, did. They, they told us he'd never
1: walk. He came home in a wheelchair. But yeah. then
2: they were say, he's up and about. Yep. And so he
0: did get up and walk.
1: Well, what happened when we came home, he um he, he sort of took a bit of a, he was a bit, yeah. not, not himself quite, but we had the follow-up um, MRI again after the radiation and they said, oh, he's got hydrocephalus again. So he had the shunt block, um, potentially maybe to do with the radiation. So then we were in Melbourne for another month to have that fixed. But it was when we got home from that then he perked up amazingly and um started walking again. Um he had physiotherapy as well yeah. that we got him, but um yeah, he started pottering about and doing all these normal things. Yeah. It was just quite incredible. Mm-hmm. Just a real zacky thing like, to yeah. just go. Well, I'm not done. Yep, that's <laughs> yeah.
2: right. But when he passed, it was a, it was another zacky day, because yeah. we used to take him to the hospital to get a, a little um, blood infusion to top up his iron. And um, by that stage, yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty crook, but he could still talk to us and you know and all that kind of thing. But yeah, we could see he wasn't overly great. But that there was nothing to say what was going to happen on that day. But so we took him up to Launceston and we walked in, and it just happened to happened to be um, back when they were doing all the um, the support no, for the farmers, you know, where they were uh, for the drought. Was it a drought, drought back then? And the, drought relief, yeah. drought relief. So all the staff were dressed in, farm their far- in their farmers. Oh, he would have been in his Oh, <laughs> he was. And then he got in um, his favourite room, yeah, which had the sun coming. And the pictures all on the wall were of farming stuff.
1: And the sun coming in. And the sun coming in. And
2: and Zach was happy chatting away, wasn't he? He was having a talk to everyone. And then... Because
1: they asked him, how are you doing, Zach? I'm fine. I'm fine.
2: I'm fine. No, it was perfect. Like I said, you you, you couldn't... In a true Zachy way, you couldn't have organised it any better. (laughs) Like the fact that, you know, like I said, it was... Yeah, help the farmer. Himself, yeah. <laughs> that's right. everybody. Yeah. Does, and yeah.
1: he'd been in the big blue farmhouse till that morning.
0: Yeah. How proud are you of him?
1: Oh, so proud! Mm. <laughs> proud yeah. of all our kids. Mm. Oh yeah. Proud of all our kids. I think Zaki, I've thought about this. And thought, you know, with the other two, I feel like they've got their whole lifetime to have their achievements, and you know, make an impression in the world. I feel like Zaki squeezed it all into his nearly thirteen,
2: nearly thirteen, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, but I feel like he made the most of his short life, and he achieved great things in that short time. Mm. Um, you know, and the the most important thing was love. Like he showed love, he received love. He was a very loving kid. Um, and people think about Zachy... And they smile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because he had such a positive impact on them.
3: Yeah.
1: He taught people not to worry about silly things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he taught them about the important things in life. And he taught them about stoicism and bravery. Mm. <laughs> and not to complain about little things. Mm. Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's a good point that you make, and it was one that I had written down. You know, I think any person in their life you know we always talk about and we always think about what sort of legacy we're we going to leave and you yeah. think well okay well i've got 70 80 years to to figure out what sort of legacy i'm going to leave but you know for a little fellow like that in in 12 years you know he's, he's left a legacy hasn't he
1: yeah oh a big one <laughs> yeah yes
0: what would you say that he, he taught you guys what are the what's the main thing that you take away from from being his parents
2: When I'm because I'm now working in the education department uh, side of things, and I one of the things I always say to the kids is be kind. That was one thing that Zach was always kind. Like he was always happy, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Be kind. You know, he'd play with people. He'd want to give people a cuddle. He, yeah. It was not a bad. like I said, not a bad bone in his body. He just.
1: His aides would always say he had a knack of really choosing the child in the class who needed it most, who needed that attention and that mm-hmm. care the most. And he would make a beeline for that yes. child. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's I think the thing I'm I'm mm-hmm. most proud of. His how he cared for other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he taught he taught us patience. Mm-hmm because any person who's had to spend so much time in hospital and waiting, <laughs> um, and just, you know, being on Zaki time, which, mm. you know, he didn't run by a clock. He just potted around and did his thing and took great pleasure in the little things in mm. life. Yeah. Yeah. Taught, taught patience and unconditional love and, um, Oh, so much. <laughs> I think Zachy taught us way more than we taught him
0: Yeah That's funny that isn't a lot of parents do say that that their kids are here to teach us not the other way around. yeah, yeah. I know yeah. I'm, I'm a big believer you can learn so much from kids because well, you know they read. shoot from the hip they're they completely no honest. Yeah. they've got no fear. sometimes you think it's the world and adults that actually corrupt them because they're just so innocent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. yeah you can yeah you can learn so much just from watching watching kids play I think so.
1: Oh, Zach, he was brutally honest, wasn't he? You just, just had to watch someone give him a present oh, and see brutal honesty. We, we were always
0: in fear when
2: someone rocked up with, to Zach with a present and you oh, oh, go, it's going to go one yeah. of two ways. Yeah. And it, yeah. yeah. Oh,
3: no. Quite
1: often he'd open it up and not be impressed, so he'd just ditch it. Yeah. <laughs> just throw it behind him. <laughs> On to the next one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, dear.
0: <laughs> Um, and, and just on his um, legacy, there's a there's a program named after him in one of the centres now, is that yeah, right?
1: That's yeah, that's right so yeah, we're involved with the Nathan Centre, which is um, a centre in Western Australia yep. which is aimed at reducing the um, negative impact for families who have children with complex illnesses Yeah, um, and so yes um, Zaki's service at the Nathan Centre is um, the Zaki Hospital Service, so it's aimed at reducing um, the negative impact of people staying in hospital when their children are unwell. Um, so, it's only a new program, so they're just getting together um, a couple of the different areas of the centre at the moment, um, but we're really excited that, yeah, Zaki's legacy lives on through that, that service. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and it's helping other people, So which is what he would have wanted I'd imagine.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, What would you say that you've learnt about humanity through Zach's journey?
2: Well, always trust your instinct. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure.
1: I think I've learnt that people can be perfectly imperfect, if that makes sense. So I guess I I might have had a feeling beforehand that maybe there was some... Maybe people with genetic differences, there might be, you know, an imperfection and I might have seen it in that way. I think for Zach, that genetic change for him was perfect for Zach. It was just exactly how he was meant to be. The genetic change made him special and unique and made him just perfect the way he was. Mm -hmm. think that's a big thing to learn from
2: Zachy. yeah Yeah. don't sweat the big stuff
1: don't sweat the big stuff that's right i think that's a huge thing that we've both learned from zach and that many people have learned from zach that gets things into perspective when you're dealing with such huge stuff that he had to deal with every day and he didn't worry too much about things yeah Yeah. why worry about little things
3: Yeah. yeah
2: grass is a bit long Oh, it'll, it'll be long. T- it'll
3: Dishes be are piling up. Uh, it'll be long tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know,
2: like, yeah, it's all right if you've got a chance to do something with the kids or you got to do, yeah, go, go and do that. Yeah, know. stop or, and smell the roses.
1: That's another very yeah, important thing. Pretty much so,
2: well, you know, we're all always going to have the stresses of work and and all the rest of it. Yeah, mm. you know, it's always it just opportunity comes up and there's something that you want to do or yeah. you can do for someone else or yeah take mm. that opportunity because yeah, yeah. you won't know you might not get it again
0: yeah yeah and do you think you would have come to that realization without going through your journey with zach
1: not in the same way yeah no <laughs> it's a very powerful life experience is it? that's got yeah. to change you as a person
3: yeah
0: and what, what have you learned about our community? Because I know there's a few other people that have done little fundraisers and things. And there's a there's a farm up at Mindetta for Zach, is that
1: right? Or? Oh, it's a farm mural. Yep. Yeah. So his beautiful friends um, wanted to do something to remember Zach. Um, and so they did some fundraising and hired a local artist, Fairy Lee, to come and paint a beautiful farm mural. Zack's actually in there on a tractor, if you look at it. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's Daisy the Cow features and our oh, alpacas as well. So, yep. Um, it's a lovely piece of art at the school that is there forever to honour Zach. Yeah. Yeah, and his friend, Mil- Ben Ben's good friend, Miller Johnson, um, yep. did the Zacky's Clay Cow Badges.
0: Yep. I know Miller. I've had a little bit to do with Miller. Yeah. yeah. So, it's class so, act. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. So Miller was um, Ben's friend through through school, so he spent a lot of time in our place and got to know Zach really well and wanted to do something special for Zachy. So he um, yeah, made these amazing little badges that he sold to raise money for um, um, cure cancer, yeah. cure brain cancer. And then Zach's cousin, Joe, did a ride all the way from the Launceston Hospital to Zachy's resting place at Sprayton um, to raise money for cancer. Yeah,
2: so people have been lovely. like. Yeah, on the whole, you know, and there'd be heaps of stuff that we haven't heard of either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but Uh, that was the, oh, that's the effect that that Zachy's had on a lot of people. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Oh,
1: people were amazing in supporting us through Zachy's journey. We had so much support. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Family and friends and church and the school. Yeah. Yeah. So many people. (laughs) I won't even start because there's so many people to thank.
0: Yeah. And and one of the things that just you know just oozes out of you guys, and it just you know jumped off the page when I was reading through your story that you sent through to me, is just how grateful you are, and and your attitude is gratitude, I suppose you could say. It's not anger, it's not resent or anything like that. It's it's being grateful for for certain things. Are, are there ever like little moments that anger creeps in or anything like that, or you know why us or why did we go through this, or is it do you flip it straight
2: away?
1: Yeah, I don't think we get.
2: Caught, caught in a, that it, kind it is, of emotion. It is what it is. <laughs> yep. Nothing yeah. we can I mean, nothing yeah.
1: you can do about it. My yeah, my view is that Zachy was here for a reason. Yeah. yeah. So Zachy had a happy life. He did, had a
2: home and a happy life. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we do. We feel very blessed. We do.
2: Yeah. You know, we came to the right place.
0: <laughs> and like I said, like you, you said, you know, he continues to inspire others. I think that's the beautiful part about his story too. Like he would probably would never know the impact that he's had on people, and and, and his legacy is obviously going to going to live on. And, and like you said, you know, he was he's here to teach people the, the important things in life. And I, yeah, I I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, stories like this, you know, as and again, your strength in being able to tell it. I think is, is inspirational in itself but for the reason being of there's so many messages that come out of your story that I think will help and inspire others and, and help them to push on and just just little things if somebody's having a bad day you know like you say you know the grass might be getting a bit long well what's the point of stressing about that like I think sometimes people do get too caught up you know in the in the little things and you know and you know don't sweat the small stuff like you say you know there's obviously other stuff to that you can focus on and, and yeah, like I say, I've always admired you guys from a distance and, and I think the reason is that you guys I think are how people should be, you know, obviously everybody's got things that they're going through and everybody's got, you know, struggles that they are going through but you're always um, pleasant and you're always, you know, friendly and. We all tr- I think we all try to be that way but we can always you know try a little bit more as well and I think you know humanity is going to be better if there are more people like that about so I yeah. wish wish you all the best yeah. with um, with your beautiful family and hopefully we bump in in the community no <laughs> thanks guys take care Thank you, Thank
3: you.
0: As I said, from a personal point of view it was a highlight of my short time podcasting to be able to sit with these guys, hear their story and learn their outlook on life. The thing that radiates through Nick and Dana is just how thankful and appreciative they are for life, what their journey and Zach's journey has taught them and what they love about the people in their world. I think in life sometimes we can get bogged down in negativity and my hope is that hearing from someone who's experienced the toughest challenges that life can throw at us, yet still chooses to be thankful and kind can make the world a little brighter for all of us, as their beautiful boy Zach certainly did for them and all who knew him.